Kill in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on what time you're watching this. This is Chris Carrado, your host of Rock Hill Video. Mostly this is a political show, but today we have a boxer on. So we're going to have her talk about boxing, an upcoming event that she plans to fight in in Rock Hill on September 26th, and her opinion on some politics. As I always say at the beginning of every show, our guests are welcome. This is an open forum to talk about the issues. There is no bashing, no praising. Everyone has an equal opportunity to share how they feel. So today, we're going to talk with Britton Hart. Britton, welcome to our show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, happy you're here. So, what would you like to share about your personal life? Gosh, well, without getting too personal, um, which we would just be here for so many hours. Um, I'm just, I'm one of those people that I, I think that when you look at it, you got to really look at my story from, from start to finish. And I'm still in the midst of writing it, so that's what makes it so exciting. But I'm really one of those people that, you know, grew up, I was born in Utah. Um, I actually moved to Turkey for three years and then to Germany for five. And then I moved to the United States. Um, always was involved in sports and kind of always was going through the different diversity. Obviously, it's hard being in it, growing over, growing up overseas and then coming to the United States and being introduced to that culture. Um, and I think I've just always had like an interest and passion in learning um, how other people live and act. And, and I kind of did that through sports and through my whole life, you know, I played soccer. I was on rec teams with varsity. I went to college and played soccer. Um, you know, I have two beautiful kids. I kind of had them early on, so I had to deal with that obstacle. I mean, I've had every life obstacle, but kept going, and I felt like sports was one one of those things that really brought me to where I am now. So um, I started boxing four years ago professionally, and here we are talking about an upcoming match. Great. And where would you say you hail from now? I believe you said Virginia. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things that is, you know, my home is in, you know, Roanoke, Virginia. So I'm from Virginia, but, you know, I love coming to Charlotte and being in the Queen City. You know, that's, that's one place that I've always called home. I feel like home is kind of the best answer is where the heart is. And I have, you know, a lot of places that hold my heart dear. So love being in Charlotte love being in Roanoke you know I have a lot of family up in the um, Pipersville Pennsylvania area too as well Roanoke's not that far from me it's about four hours or so um yeah it's actually I would say four hours from here usually from Charlotte I'm used to driving in Charlotte so it's like a three three and a half but traffic can be so terrible like so I, I'm sure you guys have experienced 85 which is a nightmare depending on what day it is or right. time gotcha and you said you started boxing how many years ago? Four. Four years ago? Okay. And now your boxing is pro. Yep. Well, actually, that's another thing, I guess, part of like the personal and where I start. I actually have no amateur experience, oh, wow. which commentators in all my boxing matches love to point out. So it's just a, it's a funny little obstacle um, and, and piece that I actually didn't have that amateur grooming. So I had to kind of learn on the job, so to speak. Wow. Okay. Why do you box? Well, that's, you know, one of the most important things to me, actually, when it comes to boxing, you know, is the why. And um, if you don't have a why, it, you're not going to make it very far in whatever you do, not just boxing. So for boxing, my why is showing that people from regardless of your background, ethnicity or gender, 
or life situations like you can be and do whatever you set your mind to so for me you know I'm 30 um, I have no amateur experience you know at the time I started boxing I was 26 so I'm still a little bit older is, is the point and and the fact is is I have two kids and some people think oh, if they have kids their life's over they can't follow their dreams they have to put their dreams in a, in a drawer and shut it and I just wanted to be proof and have the why and, and even be an example to my kids that you don't have to settle for an ordinary life you can go and make it and fight for the life that you want regardless of the situation and so every time I walk into the ring I think that that I'm not fighting for just myself but I'm fighting for my why that when someone looks at me they can be inspired and say she did it so can I got it well what weight class do you fight out of I'm featherweight. Another fun fact is, you know, I have fought the lowest at 118, and then I've actually fought at 135, which probably wasn't mm -hmm. a really great decision since I walk around at 125. But um, I am, I should be featherweight, and I tend to stay there. But every once in a while, you know, I, I'm a high risk roller, so uh, sometimes I, I've made the decision. Like my last fight was a first round knockout, and that was against a 130 pound. Um, female from New Hampshire, so it it's sometimes I jump weight classes, but for the most part, I'm featherweight. Okay, I guess it's safe to say when you do box people in the 130s, you may not have the power, but you have the speed. Yeah, it tends to be a classic speed mm -hmm. versus power. You're exactly right. Got it. Okay, and how many professional fights did you say you have? So my record is back to being a 500 record, which basically means you're even, and I'm even all the way across. So I'm four, four, and three. So that makes my 11 pro fights boxing. Okay. I do have two bare knuckle fights as well. So Nothing. I do have, you know, other, you know, when you group in professional fighting, I guess you'd say 13 fights. But when it comes to just boxing, 11. And just to clarify, bare knuckle, they just wrap your hands, is that right? Yeah, I mean, well, they, not even really your hands, it's just your wrist. So, oh, so and, you can still go like this? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. The knuckles okay. and your hands are fully exposed, but you can wrap up to like this, this part. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you share with us the difference between getting punched bare knuckles with uh, gloves on? You know, <laughs> so many people love this question. I will say, I remember my first bare knuckle fight, and it is really adrenaline rush to think. And I don't want to say like the fear of getting punched with a bare fist, but it, I mean, it's in the back of everyone's head. Like, let's be honest, it, it definitely is. But I remember having that feeling like, oh my God, this is going to hurt so bad. But the first time I got hit in the face with a bare fist, I was like, it's really not that bad. I was like, it's kind of like boxing until the next day. Uh, the next day is really when you start seeing the difference between, you know, boxing and bare knuckles. Like the amount of swelling and, and just the damage from that is so much greater and more intense than boxing, like hands down. Got it. When it comes to influences, and it doesn't have to be a boxer, it could be a coach, it could be a family member. Who would you say are your influences in life? Um, you know, I feel like there's been like a lot, like when I look at influences, it hasn't been anybody who's like really like a celebrity or famous, but more of you're like someone who's just, you know, the girl next door, someone off the streets that went and, and did something with their life and, and made something of it. So even like a big influence right now is um, with a group that I'm with called Women of the Carolina Fight Life. And there's two females on there. Um, 
Tapa and Carrie. And Carrie was actually a professional boxer. Tapa is a professional boxer as well, but she also is really known for doing MMA and um, wrestling. So she was really big into wrestling and traveled the world for that. But they are somebody that, you know, they, they started at the bottom and really worked hard. And then when they worked hard to get to the top, you know, they, they have the same why that I do. They give, like, they started this organization to help women. They help young females, um, whether it's, you know, with self-defense, confidence, knowledge on, like, sex trafficking. You know, we get together. They put on this organization where they um, hand out turkeys to people for Thanksgiving. Um, so people like that have really influenced me. I'm, you know, another big influencer was, you know, somebody who's just from back home in Danville, Virginia, and he used to be a boxer. And I think he saw sides of, you know, the, the politics and boxing and, you know, he started his own gym and he started that gym in Danville to take kids off the streets. So they had a safe place to go. And, um, they weren't stuck on the streets fighting or getting into drugs and, and grew up with some kind of organization, something that they could be passionate about and, and self-discipline in the boxing gym. And I just remember thinking like for someone like that, like that's who I want to be and going back to the why in boxing, like those are the people I want to be like. People that go and do what they love and passionate and love it so much that they try to change other people's perspectives or their world with it. Got it. Okay. So, as much as you love boxing, I'm sure you have your favorite parts and your least favorite parts. So, please tell me your favorite part about boxing and your least favorite part about boxing. Oh, man. That's, um, well, my favorite part of boxing is the weigh-ins, which, you know, which would probably come from the least part. No one likes weight cutting, you know. You have to sit there. It's like diet to the extreme, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how much you're cutting weight. So, that's probably, like, the least least favorite part um, when you're cutting weight because you don't want to be low on energy or dehydrated sitting in the sauna for hours can be like so grueling like I don't really mind it but when it's like a time sensitive situation it kind of gets a little bit more stressful um, oh I hate icing we'll take that back that number one I hate icing if it is anything that's wrong with my body or whatever we have to take care of it and get rid of the inflammation like that's just part of our being responsible but I freaking can't stand it and it has to be an emergency for me to like really ice something or like oh, wow. a, a top level fight but my favorite part is going to weigh-ins you know because usually that's the day I braid my hair I love braid getting my hair braided <laughs> it sounds so silly but it just kind of like transforms your way of like you kind of get in character more and when you feel like you can get into character and you're like man I'm this fighter I'm this warrior I'm like gonna go in there tomorrow and get punched and punch somebody back and I'm gonna be the best person like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one that goes down I'm gonna be the survivor so it kind of gets you like into that that mindset so I love getting my hair braided I love getting on the scale and being able to eat and know that hey I did what I was supposed to do as far as like I take it very serious as being a job I get a contract I'm supposed to be here at this day perform this duty it's like you know you know top secret agent you have to go take out this person and we're paying you this amount of money but you have to weigh this like and this is how you have to do it so I feel like that's just one of those check marks that I did my job correctly when I go to weigh in and I make that weight um, and then seeing you know I'm a really big people person too so I love being around like the other fighters and seeing kind of 
their attitudes and kind of being like the hype like because once the fight you know i would say the favorite part is the fight but you know it's one of those things once you go in and you fight it's gone like that and it's it's over and you're kind of left with that like empty feeling like you know this clock struck midnight and you're like cinderella and everything goes back to normal after the fight so. <laughs> okay so what would you say you know someone new to boxing if they came to you for some advice what would you like to tell them well, I guess it depends. New to boxing as in for fitness or for like professional? That they actually want to compete. Okay, so I would honestly say like my advice would be from the get-go, be around good people. Like finding good people in boxing is, is so crucial because you got to think about it. There's so many people that want to do exactly what you're doing. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you're either the hammer or you're the nail. And you want to be with good people or you're always going to be the nail. You know, you can't you can't be the hammer when you're around bad people because it's just so many there's so many aspects and levels to boxing. So when you're around good people and you try your best, good things come. So it's like be do have. Like if you you know you be certain things and do certain things, you're going to have the results that you want. And um I would tell that to anybody starting in boxing. If you want to be a professional boxer, you have to you know, do the things that professional boxers do. Get a good team, nutrition, train every day. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, I'm gonna train Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You gotta, you gotta look at the things that like Lomachenko's doing or like Muhammad Ali. Like, look at the other great people and what they're doing. You gotta do that in order to have it and accomplish that. So I would just say start there and, you know, every day it's, you know, you don't play boxing. You can play basketball, but you don't play boxing. And at the end of the day, we can get seriously hurt. We go in there, people get knocked out. Like that's the objective is to knock somebody out. So you really got to take it serious. So anyone starting, uh, you can do it. Like I definitely believe in anybody, no matter what, if they want to be it, but they really have to be serious about it and be around the right and good people to keep it going. Got it. And I wrote that down. Be, do, have. I like that. Mm -hmm. That could be a new motto of Corrado. So thank you so much. Yes. I'm stealing your idea. <laughs> it's, a, and it's awesome. It's not stealing. It's sharing. I, like you know, it. I think that's what we have to do as human beings, like unify with each other and share knowledge instead of being greedy all the time and keeping the secrets of success, you know? I like it. So I've competed too as an amateur and I always think about before a fight, like, you know, there's that very, very jittery and sometimes you feel like, man, I wish this guy won't show up. But you might feel totally different. So how do you feel before a fight? Um, I do have kind of, I am, I'm, I try to pretend like I'm not, hmm. but I'm always definitely jittery and definitely nervous. I think my, you know, I try to say I don't have fear. I do try to train my mind not to like, you know, have the emotion of fear. But if I did have any fear, it's mostly in the aspect I don't want to let people down. When like you say you believe in me and like going back to my why boxing, if I go in there and get my ass kicked all the time, those same people are probably going to think like they're not going to believe in me and then they're going to be like, well man, I don't want to, maybe I don't want to do that because look what happened to her. Like I don't want to let people down like that and I don't want to let people that like my sponsors or like my coach. They work with me every day and train me so hard and, and they train me so I can go in there and win. And I'm like, well, what if I go in there and I don't win? And they're like, wow, I didn't listen to them or I, they didn't train me hard enough. So I hate that feeling that I'm going to let somebody down. But I really honestly, I kind of have that, you know, I listen to Mike Tyson's motivational speech every single fight. 
And it's basically saying and admitting that you're scared, which is kind of like, you know, that sequence steps of like, you know, what is it? Not being in denial, not, you know, really taking the emotions. So I'll admit that I'm scared and have that fear. But then I'll think about all the good things that I did to prepare for this. Like, I know that I prepared for it. You know, I know I trained. I know I woke up early. I know that I did the best I can. And I just, I remember in the Mike Tyson motivational video, he says every step that he gets closer to the ring, it changes from I'm scared, did I do enough, to I'm a god. And when I go in there, I can't be hurt. I can't be hurt. I'm going to go in there and do exactly what I was supposed to. And I'm the best in the world. And I, I actually have that kind of thing when I go in there. I, I'm, I'm more scared that I'm going to let people down. But as I walk to the ring, I really feel I'm really confident in myself. And I, I really get myself psyched up. Even if it's in a hometown when the crowds are cheering for the other person. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to shut this crowd up. And then I'm going to take those that crowd and make them my fans. Because... They really think I'm the bad guy coming in to beat their superhero, but I'm really the superhero defeating your bad guy that you don't know is a bad guy, but I'm going to be the good guy. Like, that's kind of how I think about it. Okay. So you talked a little bit about what you do before you get ready for a fight. I know there's definitely, you know, when it comes to meal prepping, there's certain things you should eat, certain things you shouldn't eat. Obviously, everyone has their own guilty pleasure when it comes to eating. You might be a chips or a cake person. You got to cut all that out. So what else would you like to share about anything when it comes to meal uh, prepping and actual physical training? Right. Um, you know, I've, I've actually can go both ways with it. I've cut weight before, and when I cut weight, you know, I try to, like, do, like, um, one of the big secrets that's kind of a cool thing is that those baby food applesauces. Like, huh. you know, you can get your vegetables and even really protein. The protein ones are kind of gross, though. But, you know, you can eat, like, the baby. So I have been stuck in a situation where I eat baby food, like, literally to help me cut mm. weight. Baby food and tuna and just a lot of water. Um, I have kind of found out that the water diet to help shed the pounds leading up to the fight is the least like damaging as far as you know putting your body through like a lethargic state of mind of really suffering so I kind of like that aspect so it's really not hard for me to lose weight now like if I had to lose 10 pounds within a week I could do it based off of the water diet but I have been in situations where I was eating baby food for like six weeks but I've also been on the flip side where I've tried to gain weight and gaining weight is almost just as hard and it would be like protein shake, you know, in the morning after you work out. But I kind of wanted to say that I like that aspect because even though I was trying to gain weight, it really made me feel like my muscles recovered. And it's kind of like taking that extra step. Like it's a pain in the ass to have to work out and you just want to relax or drink water. But you don't want to go make a protein shake or make... But when you do that and put those that protein back in your body, like really helps you recover, and that way you can kind of stay, um, you know, devoted and committed to the task on going to work out the next day instead of being like, oh, my arms are so sore, or I just don't feel like it because I'm like jello right now because I worked out so hard yesterday. So I think that the recovery aspect in nutrition is really important, which means eating protein after you work out. Anything you want to share about the physical part of the training? Um, gosh, uh, what aspect? Well, I guess is it, is it a lot of cardio? Is that probably one of the main things you got to make sure you do is make sure you're getting that road work in? Hmm, yeah, I, okay, so 
I've done everything. I, I love cross training because I told you I have a very strong, like diverse background with like playing different sports. I did soccer, basketball. And before COVID hit, I was actually getting really big in racquetball. I thought that I was actually considering going pro in racquetball. Like I was like, I was so surprised that I liked it. But I think when you do other sports, it kind of helps you know, either hand-eye coordination, obviously cardio or whatever, but it kind of helps you fresh and kind of keeps you, you know, passionate about being in, in sports and being competitive or whatever it is. So I do like doing that. So I will say I, I always encourage that and it's helped me be as successful as I am with, you know, looking the way I am and being physically fit is kind of like, you know, they say when you work out, you should change your routines. So it's the same thing with sports. Like when you're playing the same sport over and over it can burn you out every once in a while so to mix other sports in there is like a great way to stay fresh but um i've done everything from yoga you know high interval training um lifting weights and i really just remember going to my las vegas fight and talking to somebody and they said when it comes to boxing there's two things like on a professional level like there's two things that you need to focus on the most and it's running and sparring. If anything else, like forget like the heavy bag, the mitts, like, you know, they say uh, everyone has a game plan to get punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, mitts don't really hold, hit back. Heavy bags don't hit back. Shadow boxing, you know, if you can spar, that's you learning like real time, real life, like really what it is to fight and to run because cardio, at the end of the day, you can know how to fight. Like I know, you can meet some awesome street fighters that can, if they hit you, you're you're dead, and they're awesome. But if they get tired, they you can see they go from up here to down here oh, yeah. like so fast. So running is just kind of like the best cardio as far as, I mean, I guess you could ride a bike or whatever too. But I I just feel like that kind of stuck in my head when that guy told me that. So that's really when I have a fight. That's what I go to. Am I sparring enough? Am I running enough? Got it. Okay. So during a fight, you know, there's definitely a lot going on. Um, once again, I could share with myself. I remember my first fight. I think I pretty much blacked out. I don't even really remember most of it. But I'm sure at your level now, you could be in there and you could be thinking. So what goes through your mind while you're actually fighting? You know, I think um, I've had two different situations. I've had times where I feel like I overthink and that's kind of hurt me and then I've had times where I don't think at all and usually when I don't think at all I kind of work it does actually work out better for me in the fact that I just have I feel like the the heart and like the insides to really carry me through so when I don't think and everything gets shut off I, I do really good but when I overthink in the ring a lot of times I'm thinking you know when they do this, I'm trying to pick up on like their habits and, and be like, okay, when they, when they throw this, I'm going to throw that. Or they tend to do this over and over. Or, you know, there's been a couple times like I've had fights before and I've smiled in the ring like, oh my gosh, I know, I, I, I got you. Like, I've seen what you're doing and I'm, I'm going to get it. So, um, I'm always trying to like look at it as a, like almost like a, you know, like they refer to it like playing chess, like making moves, like, and, and setting up the moves. Like sometimes, 
you know, you might have to kind of take some risks to kind of see and, and kind of feel it out when I do this, what is the reaction and how can I capitalize on it? So sometimes you have to be like a little more patient and intelligent when it comes to boxing. And I've really tried to, to be really powerful in, in doing that, which has caused me to kind of overthink things. But I think now that I've, my training has been so great and I've been with really good coaches that have taught me to like take that read um, and be in there and be able to feel comfortable when I see something. So, you know, the last fight I had, that's kind of how I felt. I felt like I didn't really have to think because we practiced exactly the situation in training so uh -huh. perfectly. But when I did it, it was like, you know, it was done with a purpose it, instead of just going in there, you know, swinging. Okay. Also, whether it be sparring or fighting, when you get hurt or tired, you know, how do you, how do you overcome that? You know, yeah. someone hits you with like a really good body shot and it's like, you know, that feeling where you're not, your wind's knocked out of you, but you, you know, you got to keep going. Right. To me, I'm one of those people that when I get hit, it kind of makes me go harder. So okay. it's like almost the opposite. You know, I have been in times that, you know, honestly, I just think don't quit. I just tell myself don't quit because I really haven't ever had that happen in a fight. I've never been in the fight where I've been like, oh my God, I'm hurt okay. or... Um, you know, I'm so tired. I just kind of know that I, I'm like, I have to do this. I can do this. Like okay. I and try to have that self-belief. I have been inspiring before yes. where I've been like, man, I just, this is something else. And it's kind of one of those things that I just say, Hey, I'm here now doing it. If I can't do it in practice, I'm not going to be able to do it in, in the ring when it counts. So thankfully enough, I, I have that mindset. So I've never really had to, um, you know, even in bare knuckle, you know, the first one with back, you know, I don't ever remember thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I can't do this or I'm so tired or I'm hurt. I just was like, no, I have to go harder. And in the second fight, you know, it got doctor stoppage because I had two cuts. I had one over my eyebrow and one underneath of it where my actually mm -hmm. like the, the fat layer was coming out near my eye. So even in that instance, I wanted to keep going, but the doctor had to stop. They're like, you know, it's way too close to your eye. They had to stop it. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I hope I never get to that point, but I feel like from practice, I've always pushed myself. I never quit during sparring. I never quit during practice to where I have to really have, you know, something to think about to keep me going because I just keep going. You got to be careful because, you know, it's an exchange. Right. When you feel like you're dominating, what advice would you have for people to not, I guess, get cocky about it? You know? Right. No, that's perfect because I think I say that all the time. So, you know, when you let emotions kind of get in and take over, it's like your technique can go out the window, you know? So it's so important. And that's why, like, when kids, like, go to boxing it teaches you to be in control of your emotions so I've been in there and when I am doing good it's sometimes you're like oh you know you kind of have that kill switch and kill factor I need to go harder but then you, you notice that your techniques start like you start dropping your hands more or being a little more wild or not as tight so you really gotta like find like it's a good emotion to have to go in there and kill, but you got to be able to be in control of it so I've definitely had that feeling where I've just gone in and been like you know, just let emotion take over. Um, so I'm not saying it's it's wrong to do. It's kind of a normal thing, but 
it would be better to like be more intelligent about it. But at the same time, that's why we love sports. It's passion and emotion and we don't want to see robots just go in there and do the same thing. Sometimes we really can relate to people who um, are unorthodox and do things a little differently. So it, it's kind of like my advice to a fighter is, you know, when you're in there and you're doing good, like, I mean, that's why we work so hard. A lot of people, I don't know if they tell you like when in the amateurs, like go out there and have fun. We still say that in the pros, yeah, and yeah. it's like, damn, you're going in there like talking about hitting people in the face, <laughs> and it's like, God, you know, remember, have fun with it. And I have been in the ring before on like pro pro fights, and I, like I said, I remember smile. I remember smiling in the ring. I've gone back to the corner and, and danced, like, and you huh. know, and been like, yeah, let's you know, getting with the music and kind of getting in the flow of things. So, you know, it's kind of that. You know, you, you're there. And you're doing something you love, so it's just how I kind of handle it. But yeah, you you still try to like not go super crazy. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you've definitely shared a lot about boxing. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share that maybe I didn't ask or you want to talk about? Um, when it comes to boxing, I think that I mean I'm, I think that we did a really great job on kind of hitting like all the 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 different aspects of it um definitely stay tuned and follow um vegas promotions which is going to be for the show on september 26th um i'm super excited we're still kind of working on finding an opponent for me to fight that day so it's not like a guarantee so just kind of keep that in mind but still support other local fighters around here and um lavanda who's the promoter for that show. She's an amazing person. So just eat, throwing that kind of um, love her way and attention is great. Okay, awesome. So now I'm gonna jump into politics a little bit before we close out the show. It's 2020, we have a huge election coming up. There's, there's so much going on. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, what do you think about the 2020 election? What's going through your mind and what are you looking for? Whew, I think that you are, it, this is like the craziest year I think that we like almost want to say ever experienced. I mean, we've gone through so many like national disasters, like a global pandemic. Like, I mean, it's just it, it's all over the place. I and I don't think we would have ever really predicted something like a couple of years ago that this would be something we're facing. But when it comes to politics, um, I think that really this is such a crazy time that we're really uh, like we're really divided. In all sorts of areas, you know, we're divided social class, we're divided, um, you know, ethnicity wise, we're divided, you know, with the mat, like people are saying, if you know, mask, determine if you're a Democrat or Republican now, like it, it's really crazy how it's grouping people and um, in different groups and I don't want to get, you know, there's some good, I don't want to say there's some good things about one party and good things about the other party but at the end of the day you really gotta look who you know is gonna make us united like we're the united states of america and i still am a really big you know and i think i have that background to say coming from you know living in turkey and living in germany coming over here like that's the american dream and i feel like we kind of lost sight of that and especially not being unified on some things that are going on right now is is huge and i feel like as americans to kind of keep up with that you know whatever you believe in you know some people are you know pro-gun and you know pro-abortion like 
But if, if we leave emotion out of it and, and stop judging each other on what's right and what's wrong, but what's going to unify us and what's going to bring us together. And we look at those things on like the black and white statistics, like not opinions and being qualitative data, but, but looking at the numbers, like what, what is keeping our unemployment rates from dropping? What are, what are, you know, putting more funding in schools and education for kids? Like those type of things. Like why can't we look at that and, and make your decision being more informed for that? But I think, you know, I don't ever judge anybody for their, um, beliefs, although I will say, I'm not going to say it on camera and over here, but every once in a while when I run and I have like some type of day, I see a sign for a certain president and, you know, sometimes I want to take the sign out of the ground and just throw it, but at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's my personal opinion and belief, but I don't judge anybody else by it, but I think that we need to look and really make our decisions based on who's going to bring us together and not tear us apart. Got it. Which, by the way, there might be two main people running for president, but there are some third parties, so she might not be talking about one of the two main ones you're thinking. There's, uh, mm -hmm. there's a few other people that are running, and you never know who she means. That's right. So Is I'm, Kid Rock still running? He could be. <laughs> I haven't seen any Kid Rock signs, but, I mean, <laughs> he could be. I didn't even hear that one. I know Kanye was running. I didn't hear anything about Kid uh, Rock running for president. That would be uh, very, very interesting. I'd, I'd like to see that. Just, just maybe entertainment purposes. Uh... Next, you know, we did briefly touch on um, divisions and different kinds. Now, there's a lot of racial divisions in this country, um, whether it be with black and white or law enforcement and Black Lives Matter. Anything you'd like to share on those topics? Um, you know, it's definitely a super sensitive super sensitive topic but I feel like again you know you did such a great job with the introduction and it's not here to say anybody's wrong or anybody's right but just kind of voice different perspectives you never you know I don't know how you feel about certain things and what life experiences you've had that make you believe that but I feel like with you know the Black Lives Matters like again you got to put yourself in, in, in their shoes and you know and I don't say there but like anybody's shoes that's gone through living or being feel like they're being singled out like women feel like that you know minorities feel like that so when you put yourself in their shoes I feel feel like you can kind of relate to like understanding why people are so angry and frustrated right now and I, I can really really see that and support that because I mean we all come from different backgrounds and, and walks of life so I feel like getting on that level is number one but two being on a factual like I feel like when you go out there and inform yourself like by either one talking or, or looking at like the thing with the statues and the, the monuments like there's a really great video out there that really kind of like makes you have not, oh my God, they're destroying this and graffiti this and, oh, this person killed this person, this person shot this person. You know, because at the end of the day, we don't really know exactly all the motives. There's all these different things that come into play. But when you look at, you know, the historical monuments and what they represent, the time frame, like, you know, Robert E. Lee, like when he was relevant is what, at what time frame? You know, you have to know that. And then when those statues went up, what time frame did they go up? What was going on? What were the, what was, you know, the difference between, with, with segregation and ethnicity? 
when those statues went up. And I feel like when you start to put those facts together, you can kind of see why people are so angry. And I, I kind of try to say that it's like dealing with a child. You know, when you tell them don't eat that cookie and they go and eat it anyways. And you're like, oh, you know, whatever. And then you're like, put more cookies up there. And then they still go eat it. After you tell them no nicely so many times, no, please don't do that. Don't, you know, uh, you should really eat dinner first. Oh, you know, wait, like maybe, you know, we should save that for your sister. All these different nice excuses. And finally, after about the like eighth, tenth time, you might get fed up and be like, what did I say? Don't eat the damn cookies. Go to your room. You're grounded. Like, you got to look at it. Like, some people are just fed up with certain things that aren't getting the attention that they need. And it might not be the right way, but it's not the wrong way either. It's just a way. And um, I think people should be more open to understanding that and to make a change and again, being united. I think that it starts with accepting the truth and accepting that the truth is, is certain people are offended and hurt based off of historical events that are proven within time on when this happened, when these certain things happened, and what's going on in today. And I feel like to make an honest change and to be unified, we almost kind of have to like start over. And that means like reforming things and kind of making things like looking at what the problem is and actually fixing it and not sweeping it under the rug would be a better approach. And that's just my opinion on the whole like political aspect and, and what people would jump to conclusions on is there's so much more that go behind but let's go ahead and and fix the problems and when we fix the problems we don't have to worry about yelling at each other and accusing each other for being a b and c you know so it. it can kind of get deeper that's that. okay that's okay uh i guess the next thing we want to talk about is, is COVID-19 and anything specific you wanted to share about that. Gosh, yeah, that that's even like, ugh, I can't stand, to be honest with you, I don't even care like who judges me for that. I can't stand it. I hate it. I think that it's turned everybody's life upside down. I feel like, you know, people, to me, if you wear a mask, that's great. Like, and you should, and I'm very, I'm very pro-choice person too. Like, you know, if you want to do that, I'm not going to judge you for it. But I also think that people want to go out and don't want to wear a mask, they shouldn't be required to. And that's just what, how I feel. One, why? Because, you know, when you put the mask on and it covers your face, people don't realize. Like, when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. When you breathe out, it's breathing out the bad stuff. And now we're putting this mask over our face to breathe it back in. It's kind of like one of those things that doesn't really make sense. And, you know, I get it. You know, we, when this thing started, everyone quarantined for two weeks. And, you know, they're like, okay, that's going to solve it. And I feel like a lot of people were on board about it. And we closed down businesses. We, you know, restaurants got shut down. Gyms got shut down. We did all that. And here it is, like, how many months later? And... It kind of seems like it's been sparking some of these like riots and some of these disagreements and I feel like because the sense of normalcy is like not there anymore and I mean I feel like we should respect each other's health concern like we I should respect that you feel a certain way or feel like that you're at risk I absolutely do respect that 
you know, if I'm sick, I'm not going to go out. You know, I'm going to, you know, if you do the, like, the temperature readings and everything like that before we come in the store, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to say no, you know, screw you, I'm not to get, like, go ahead. But I try not to be so upset about things that don't affect me or that are quick, but I feel like wearing a mask affects people. You know, it affects, like, their speech or how they can breathe. There's some people feel, like, claustrophobic, and I feel like with the with the gyms it affects how people want to be if you're a gym owner and you can't open and run your business you know that's not that's affecting you that's directly affecting you so for people that are really worried about it, and I want to respect their health concerns and I'm very apologetic and upset for anybody who has to deal with COVID but you know thank God we have all these companies that have curbside carry out that deliver to you Amazon is doing so wonderful about making sure all these packages CVS they you know have contactless you know whatever that they'll send to you you don't even have to go out so for those people that want the respect of the health concern I think that they have it like and it's there and I don't judge them for it at all but the people who really want to live their lives and when I say live their lives they want to go out and be able to talk. They want to own and operate their small business. They want to go to public gatherings and, and birthday parties. And they want to be able to, do, I, I feel like they should have the option too. And those are the people that are being deprived right now. Those are the people that are hurting. The people that, that want to have, you know, like look at like the kids right now. I feel so bad for them going back to college and in and elementary and high school. Like, they're not gonna ex experience what me and you went through. Like, they're not gonna have that. It's gonna be completely different. And we're already a society that's like into phones and tablets and games. And now you want them to like sit in front of a computer and do their classes. Like, how boring and like bad, like being like socially accepted, like it's going out in the world and like me and you are doing right now is sitting and talking to each other and learning life experiences. It's not going to be at home on a monitor or like, you know, being stuck on the phone or stuck in a bubble. It's just not life. It can't be stuck in a bubble. It's just not going to be workable for a lot of situations. Now, Again, respecting pro-choice. If you want that, the option's there. Online school is, you know, is out there for anybody. Private schools are out there. But for kids who, and parents who want their kids to have a normal education and a normal experience going to school, some of them don't have that. Some of them are closed down. Like some, you know, you have to look, look at some school districts that are like, hey, our schools are completely closed. We're not, it's no option. You know, this is what's mandated by the governor. So, you know, I just think it kind of is just separating us a little bit more. So, I mean, I feel like there's all this talk, like, you know, people say, oh, after election, this is going to go away. I don't really think that it's like, you know, just the things that are being in place right now. I don't really necessarily think that the election is the driving factor for it. Because um, either way, you know, I feel like if the Republicans win, you know, the Democrats are just going to blame the continuance of COVID on that, uh, on them winning and, and vice versa. So it's going to go, you know, I think that it's going to be something that's going to be here for a little longer unless people really get united and kind of stand up and, and back people up on, on 
living again and, and being, you know, enjoying life and, and, and respecting each another, but in a way that's not like, hey, you know, I mean, people go up and like pull your mask up and yell, you know, yell at you for not wearing your mask. And it's like, man, if someone is on the side of the road and they're smoking a cigarette, do you go up to them and be like, hey, you know, you're going to get lung cancer and you're going to die and like you're, you're spreading your secondhand smoke everywhere. Like, so maybe it's just one of those things where it's kind of a new, it's new and it's unknown. And there's like so much other stuff that needs to be discovered and researched for for coronavirus to be like a real thing that we can make these assumptions about so i think that that's something that we have to take in consideration and people are just really taking it to a different level okay well we got two more questions left i guess the second to last question i want to ask is how has all this impacted you your family your boxing career oh it, it's impacted it uh like a hundred percent um but being my background and the person I am, you know, we can either choose to sit here and cry about it and be like, you know, boohoo, my life's over because I lost my job and did this, or we can, you know, overcome the obstacle and work even harder and, and find ways around this. But my life was 100% impacted. You know, I had three huge fights scheduled for 2020 that's why it's some of these like me like internet social media memes or sayings are so funny because they're all like dogging 2020 like when you have these great plans and right. i feel like everyone kind of feels like that but for me especially i had these amazing plans for 2020 i had three fights contracted that were supposed to go down um i was bartending which i thought is a, just an, a fun job that is always going to be there like mm. you can always be a bartender and then I was working at the YMCA, which I love working at the YMCA. It's kind of more of like the like helping being involved in the community. I was teaching kickboxing there. Um, everything was going great. And then, you know, Corona happened and then the fights got rescheduled. Right. I could kind of see that and understand we'll reschedule it. Got rescheduled to June, um, you know work wasn't as busy anymore it's kind of weird like st patrick's day was dead oh, as yeah. a bartender it was like super weird but i was so thankful i had a job and then a couple weeks later bam closed down the restaurant and i was like wow a job i thought i would always have was gone and then i was like well i have the ymca and then next week that thing gone i lost that job so here i am like panicking what am I gonna do like I literally had three jobs and they all got chopped off like one after and like I feel like three of the most like stable job like you know awesome jobs I could have so you know it was kind of like now what so I actually had to like hustle so hard to go and find jobs to like just get by and to make it and you know it would be like rolling sushi at a grocery store for eight dollars an hour you know which is you know nothing but that's what you know I, like that was the only option to do until you could figure things out and then after that you know then it's like raking leaves and doing working for a tree service and, and working for that kind of thing and then doing that for so you know for x amount of time and then you know sometimes those don't work out because those are unpredictable people you know are you know increasingly act you know kind of cutting off some things but some areas are growing, you know, like with home projects and people are at home more. So, 
you know, I did the whole like virtual training and kind of do that kind of thing too. So I found ways to adapt, but it still changed everything, you know, so. Okay. Well, this leads us to our final question, final thoughts of the interview. What else would you like to share that we didn't talk about that you want to tell our viewers? Um, I think, you know, this has been really definitely an awesome conversation and kind of all over the place, you know, which is, which is great. But I think, you know, really it kind of goes back to, you know, being who, you know, you are and believing in and standing up for it and, and taking that chance on it. So, you know, it's awesome to be able to come here and speak to you and kind of talk to you about everything and kind of get people's perspectives and, and different outlooks. So I think that's something that we just need really to like summarize everything is just be open to hearing one another's opinions on stuff and perspectives and kind of going out there and, and looking up different people's stories and backgrounds on like different things and, and whether they're a boxer a doctor work for, like as a report like you know it's just really good to go out there and kind of you know educate and be informed about those things but at the end of the day we want to still like make sure that we're together and that you know even in boxing like when we, we say leave it all in the ring like say what you have to say do what you have to do, fight the fight, but then when we step out, like we should be able to shake hands and say, hey, that was a great fight, hey, that was a good conversation, that was a good, you know, debate, um, and kind of keep it moving that way, cause, you know, showing good sportsmanship in the ring and outside as well, even when it deals with politics. Got it. Well, this concludes another show on Rock Hill Video. Britton Hart, thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, the fights, we're going to be September 26th. I believe it's going to be at the uh, outside of the Hilton Garden Inn in Rock Hill. They're actually going to have a ring outside. So please come support Britain, even if she's not going to be there. Please come support the boxes anyway. And now a word from our sponsors.